everybody, it's Stephen Chelsea Scott with Come Follow Me. Hi, you guys. Welcome to today's lesson. Today's lesson is Remember Me. We are doing Isaiah 40 through 49. We are doing September the 19th through the 25th. So welcome. Thank you so much for joining us if you're brand new. We love new people. Welcome. We love it when you share in the comments. I say this every week. Make sure you share what you're learning with us. We love hearing from you. Please like and subscribe to this video. That really helps us and it helps the algorithm. We really appreciate that too. Um, we are excited to teach you a little bit more about the next section of Isaiah. And we really were able to boil it down and make it more applicable. So I'm really excited. We are really excited to share this with you guys today. So stay with us because we're gonna condense it down. We're gonna keep it in a shorter length of time, which makes it more listenable. But we do need to do the shout outs. Did we do that? We do need, do need to do the shout outs. So we're going all the way across the pond to Scotland. We are doing Michaela and Joe. Hi you guys. Hello. And we're also doing the Steele family in Utah. So, guys, here's your fist bump. <laughs> Boom. And your high five. Whoa-bam. And your heart. Guys, did you know we're also available on Apple Podcasts now? It's pretty cool. It is really cool that I we've taken this and we've put it onto podcast form. So, I also found out that through the analytics, it's a majority of guys that listen to podcasts. Awesome. So, I found you, brothers. I found you. <laughs> so... Please listen to that and subscribe as well. Yes. Okay, guys, you can get your free download at thestevescott.com. It's free 99, 100% off. It's in the Old Testament download section. You'll get a screenshot and a free download from today's lesson. Yes. All right, grab your scriptures, your journals, and your scripture markers. It's time for us to connect up. <sighs> and I needed to get my trusty old scriptures, my, uh, what do you call this? Our caveman scriptures. Caveman scriptures Instead out. Instead of our spaceman scriptures. See, look how beautiful these scriptures are. Anyways, um, I think I learned a lot with these sections. I really feel grateful for spending this time with Isaiah. I really learned to love Isaiah, which is kind of a crazy thing to say. You guys, do you know why that is? <laughs> and, and this is the part, when you only hit Isaiah like one week and then it's no more for four years, you can begin to see it's more of an immersion into Isaiah and you begin to just kind of get a hold of the language and the culture and things. And so it's a little bit of more immersive. So now you should be reading it going, uh-huh, I get it. Now you'll also notice in these sections that Isaiah gets a little bit lighter. It means he's not so much, but he, <laughs> he is, it's a little bit lighter. It begins with comfort and Isaiah's writing becomes a little bit more um, atonement based mm -hmm. and that you can turn. So you'll notice that as you read. Today what we're doing is we're doing the remember me. And we're going to go like this. I'm just going to give you a brief overview. We're going to say avoid idolatry, choose Jesus Christ, become an instrument. That's the pattern that we're going to follow in Isaiah. Because what did you notice about that? There, there was so much about idols and idol worship and, and how the Lord does not like idol worship at all. It really is irritating to him, I think. <laughs> In a heavenly it way, talks, and it talks about heavenly it a irritation. Lot of it. Like, why, why? Will you guys, will you guys join us there? So Isaiah's going to start writing. So we're going to go to chapter forty-four, Isaiah chapter forty-four, right off the bat. Isaiah's writing to the Israelites, and he's talking about the idolatry. So remember, this is very prevalent among the Israelites because of the outside influence from other people, and so they start worshiping idols. And in here, he goes, I don't get it. And so he kind of starts teasing it just a little bit. Like, look in verse 9. 
Here's what he says. They that make graven images are all of them vanity and are detectable or, or delectable things shall not profit and they are their own witness. They, sh they see not nor know they that may be ashamed. Who has formed a god or a molten graven image that is profitable for nothing? So he asked the question, have you ever made a molten image that like was no good? <laughs> and everyone, everyone in Israel is like, well, come to me. Yeah, there's lots of those things. And he says, you guys, you, you, what you do is you grab a piece of wood and you whittle it all the way and then you use some for fire and then you cook food with it. And then you use some of that to like make toothpicks and pick your teeth. And then you use some of that to like make a comb and comb your hair. And then you take the other part, the part that's left over. And um, he says in verse 17, and the residue thereof, he maketh a God, even his graven image. He falleth down unto it and worshipeth it. And prayeth unto it, and saith, Deliver me, for thou art my God. Notice the lowercase g. They have not known nor understood, for he has shut their eyes, and they cannot see in their hearts, and they cannot understand. And none considereth in his heart, neither is there knowledge nor understanding to say, I have burnt part of it with fire. Yea, and I have also baked bread upon the coals thereof. I have roasted flesh, and I have eaten it. And shall I make a residue thereof an abomination? Shall I fall down to the stalk of a tree? Yes. And Israel and I say, like, guys, can we just kind of think through this a little bit? Like the ridiculous nature of it all, truly, you know? Like and why? 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 <laughs> and there might have been some Israelite light bulbs, boom, but they didn't have light bulbs, like candles. Bing. <laughs> that went off, and they go, and um, they go, wait a minute. That is strange that I would do that. Why would I do that? So the like think of the application part as we start talking about the application to you and me. And I know right away in like, as you've grown up, we talked about idolatry and things and people will say things like, well, social media and they'll talk about like celebrities and think cars and houses and things. And money. And money. I don't know why I'm talking like that, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's what they'll say. That, I don't know if that's how people, money. But that's how it goes through. But we want to consider a question right off the bat. And it's this question. What are the idols you worship? Now, let's consider the definition of an idol. Would be anything that gets in my way between me and Jesus Christ. Me seeing Jesus Christ. Okay, Anything that gets in my way and blocks that. Meaning, I set it up to be something. Yes. So what were some of the things you were thinking of when we were talking? Um, well, we wrote some of them down. Okay, so one of them was maybe it's just different personality traits that you might have or be struggling with, different things you might be struggling with in your rela relationships. Like um, there might be a lot of drama going on what in your family. What if they say drama? Drama, drama <laughs> in your family. Like there's a lot of contention and getting stirred up about things and getting upset, getting offended really easily. Can that be an idol? How, how would that be an idol? Walk them through it for just a sec. Well, because it will get in your way of Christ. Right? Yeah. Those those personality traits that you're like, we need to be working on. We want to be peacemakers um, and not take offense so quickly, you know. And as soon as our hearts are stirred up, we know that Satan's working on us when our hearts are stirred. So idolatry, let's, let's imagine this. You don't have, you haven't gone out into the trees and made yourself a idol. But you're at home and you go, what is it that keeps me from seeing... Jesus Christ like what is it 
it could be something like food, right? I know some of you would be like, Steve, don't say such things. <laughs> I mean, if I didn't say such things, then there would be no word of wisdom. There, exactly. Right? There and would not be one. It does affect, the physical body affects how our spirits are, you know, feeling as well. Everything's connected. What about success? Hmm, being really driven to succeed and you're missing the mark. Mm -hmm. Pride, arrogance, they can be idols. Remember, it's easy, it's easiest in our, in our psychological thinking to set it far away from us and be like, oh, well, over there would be an idol and over there would be an idol. But just in your notes, just in a conversation that you're having right now, be like, what would be some things in our family, in my life, in, in the Literally. life go, like that we would kind of get in my way of seeing and worshiping Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So can I share a story? This is a really fun analogy. It's called My Garden Row. Okay. So this is an analogy of having your own garden row. It's just this one garden row and it has its unique plants, um, unique weeds even um, that have been given, given to you from Heavenly Father for you to either develop or to, for you to weed out. And throughout life, we're going to go through our garden row and weed and nourish. And, you know, we can even plant some really great plants in there as we're gardening our garden row and at the end of our garden rows our heavenly father and jesus christ they're standing there watching over us but sometimes we'll notice in our garden row like there might be someone else's garden row over here right and we might see some weeds over there and think it's my garden row <laughs> and think you know i'm just going to go over to their garden row and i'm going to start plucking some weeds for them because oh. obviously they maybe don't notice that there's weeds or maybe they need some help with me weeding their garden for them you know because i'm just a really great person i'm going to really help them so you hop over to their garden and you're taking out weeds and you're you know planting things in there that maybe they don't really want there and maybe you're taking away lessons that they need to be learning through pulling out their weeds for them but what also happens is you get in the way of them and the savior at the end of their garden row, right? They can't see the savior because you're in the way. And then what happens to your garden row? It's left unattended, right? So that garden row is gonna get lots of weeds, it's gonna get out of control while you think you're helping someone else and you're not taking care of your own stuff. And sometimes we can make that happen. So when we're going through life with our garden row, we have those weeds, we need to be pulling them out. So we know like, and some of those things can be idols, right? Things that were that are getting in the way of us and the Savior. So go hoe your garden. <laughs> and stay in your garden row. We're going to turn the weapons of destruction to production. Mm -hmm. Remember we talked about that a couple weeks ago? Do you guys like how I tied that in there? <laughs> Nicely. Okay, so as we, get, as we recognize the idolatry in our life, there's really one, one way, one antidote to this, and that's to choose Jesus Christ. You choose him. Okay. And I loved finding the scriptures about the Savior in Isaiah again. It, isn't it amazing that he foresaw this 700 years before Christ was born? I just think it's that, that's just amazing every time. Like even talking about the nail prints in its hands, like everything. It's just so awesome. So we found some scriptures and we want to read to you about the Savior. Let's go to 41.10. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Chelsea said she noticed on our last video that when we turned the pages, it was really <laughs> loud in our microphones. It's like... like. Okay, anyways. We apologize. <laughs> Isaiah 41.10. Okay, I'll start. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with thy right hand of my righteousness. What, what, what hymn is that? 
I just remember singing this in primary when I was a primary teacher and we were le learning that song. So it's how firm a foundation. Yeah. And, but he, they added a few different parts in there. Strengthen the help. It's so good, isn't it? So one of the, as I choose Jesus Christ, he will say, fear not, like, don't be dismayed. Like, don't, don't, you're shocked. Don't be shocked. Um, I am with you. I will strengthen you. I will give you aid. Like, do you see that idol over there? No, 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 no. Let me help you. Let me walk through this. And we also talked about the idols. Like, why do we choose idols? Because we're lacking faith, right? It's easy. And it's, so it's like that stepping into the fear over faith. Like, we're not living in faith. We're living in more of a fear thinking. And so here's that fear not. I'm with thee, okay? Like, fear not. Christ is with us. He will strengthen us. He will help us and he'll uphold us with his right hand like he will be there for us so go seeing how firm a foundation right now oh, all the yes. verses so even, good. even the last verse it's amazing yes. okay go to chapter 43 we're going to go to verse 25 here's what he says you about i getting away from idolatry and choosing christ i even i am he that blotteth out thy transgressions from mine own sake and will not remember thy sins you notice how he says it, even the Old Testament, he's like, I will, I'll blot them out and you won't remember them. Isn't it interesting, like, if I got a, if I got a bloody nose and, and it was to bleed on my white shirt, how hard would that be to get out? Pretty hard. My blood stains things. His blood blots it out. Mm. Do you get that? Mm -hmm. It's different. And there's no more. Like, his is like, like, just takes care of it. It's tough on sins. Yes, he will not remember our sins. And that's the power of the atonement, right? So we can make mistakes, we can struggle, we can go through hard times. And even like stepping out of like, oh yeah, I did get, this did get in the way, right? And we have this amazing gift of hope that comes with the atonement. Like we can heal our lives. We can heal through the power of our Savior Jesus Christ through the atonement. It's, it's joyful. Yeah. We said that last week, the joyful part. I love joyful okay. things. Can we go to 45, <laughs> 44? So we're at 44, four. Chelsea, you want to read 21 and 22. Sure. Okay. You guys, all these all these parts you should highlight. Like, woo, underline them. So here's another one that talks about the atonement, okay? Remember these, O Jacob and Israel, for thou art my servant. So that's um, Israel and Jacob are... The covenant. Yeah. I have formed thee, thou art my servant. O Israel, thou shalt not be forgotten of me. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions. And as a cloud thy sins, return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. I have redeemed thee. So they're blotted out. They're gone. And I want you to think about, like, let's just talk, take a moment of gratitude. So when you think of maybe something that you, that's happened in your past, um, that you worked through with the atonement, and you were so grateful for that healing power, like that cleansing power, that peace that came over you, um, that relief, that release, all of those words, that peace that just went through your whole soul. Um, just give, your, give yourself a moment to think about that. I want you to think about that and um, just be grateful. Like that's a wonderful gift from our Savior. Blotted out, redeemed. Are you writing these in your notes? Look at it. As I choose hmm. Jesus Christ, blotted out, redeemed. Can an idol do that? They're like, you know what? I, I think I'll take away that pain. I think I'll take away the feelings of regret and guilt and sorrow and sadness and pain. I think I'll take... No, they will not. Oh. And that's what Isaiah was saying. He's like, guys, let me show you. Okay, mm -hmm. so let's go to chapter 45, verse 5 and 6. Okay. 45, 5 and 6. I'm the Lord. There is none else. There is no God 
beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. In other words, I did it and you didn't even know. It was me. That they may know from the rising sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord. There's none else. That's a pretty bold statement. You could write that on a Pinterest quote, put that on your refrigerator, <laughs> and you can look at that all the time as a remember, as a remem rememberer, a reminder. And I think like throughout these chapters, so he just kept on saying like, why are you choosing idols? Why are you building idols? Why are you taking so much time creating these idols and getting distracted and worshiping them when it's literally, they've, it's done nothing for you and it still is continuing to do nothing for you. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. Sounds like a, a spiritual Twinkie again. Remember me. Remember, do you, do you re remember me? Remember me? Hello, hello, <laughs> I'm over here. Remember me? Hello. Yeah. Okay, so now let's go to Isaiah 48. We're gonna do 10, 16 through 18. Do you wanna do that? Okay. No, you do it. Okay. It's your turn. 10, behold, I, think. <laughs> I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. He's like, I've chosen you, but it's not it's not the idol. It's been in the furnace of affliction. So now 16 to 18. Come ye near unto me, hear ye this. I've not spoken in secret from the beginning, from the time that, that it was, there am I. And now the Lord God and his spirit has sent me. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord, thy God, which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. Oh, that thou hadst hearkened to my commandments. Then had thy peace been as a river, and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. Isn't it beautiful, Isaiah's writings now? And you mm -hmm. go, I can see it. I can feel it. I know what Isaiah's trying to say. Mm -hmm. He really is just pointing, like taking, come on, guys. It's Christ. And this is what I love about this, too, is he's talking about, have you ever been in this you know, state that you're struggling to figure out which way to go. Like, what decision should I make? I'm trying to figure it out. And I'm not sure what the answer is. And he promises us that he will lead us and show us the way that we should go. He's going to always guide us, always help us be patient and ask him prayerfully and then get into the scriptures. Um, I just had an experience when I was, um, we were hiking and we went camping and I brought my Book of Mormon and I was sitting on this beautiful um, beach along the lake. It was in the early morning and I was watching the sunrise and I just had my Book of Mormon open. And I had like such a, like a pressing prayer on my heart and I was praying and praying. I was like, I need to know what to do. I need to know what to do. Um, what should I do in, in this cir cir circumstance? Should I do this? Should I do this? And so I made that decision. And then I was reading through the scriptures. I was reading the Book of Mormon and literally the story that I was reading was exactly the words that I needed to hear. And I was like, wow, like it was just an answer to my prayers. And I thought sometimes that we're not really use, um, not using the scriptures, but really utilizing them. And as we're praying and asking for the help, the Lord is going to guide us. But maybe we need to get into the scriptures a little bit more to find the answers. Sometimes that's the way to do it. But the Lord's going to guide us always. Do you want to talk about the, the silver, the refinement? Well, let's talk about the refinement because in this process, you recognize that people would, would refine, like have molten silver and gold and things to make an idol. But really the refinement is us. We're the one that God's refining and we're, 
we're trying to skip that step and refine something else to replace God. And he's saying, no, 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 you don't get it. You're the silver. You're the gold that I'm trying to refine. Step back. You can go to Malachi 3.3 and just make that reference about the sons of Levi. But it's, it's us. It's us. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and also I want to add about yeah. that, that too, is when we are refined, we become purified. Right? We, we become cleansed, but also we expand. Like in our foundations, we're talking about foundations at church, um, laying these stronger foundations because we are building our faith in Christ. Again, we're choosing Christ, and it just builds another layer, choosing Christ again, even through all those hard times. So that refinement process, he's like purifying us so we can really become the instruments the Lord needs us to be. Did you know there's really only one graven image that's allowed? There's only one. It's in 49.16. It's Isaiah 49. There's only one graven image that's allowed. And now you're going to look at it. Do you want okay. to read it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Behold, I, behold, I have graven, and I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. There's only one, and that's Christ's palms. His palms, his side, his feet. That's it. Those are the things that we we bow down and we worship. Think about the in the Book of Mormon when they saw the prints of the nails in his hands and in his feet. Like that's the one where he sees that and goes, I, I did it for you. I did it for you. And that's the image that's literally, we have on our mantle a picture of Jesus Christ. It's a big one. It's a Simon Dewey picture of the resurrection. But we did find one at the bookstore just recently of that new one that Simon Dewey did about with Christ and he's it's in brand new. it's in red he's in red and uh, it's beautiful it's supposed to be beautiful. released in i think in october but he's yeah he's all in red and he's walking from jerusalem and his eyes are so piercing like they're just like piercing but like gentle i don't know how to describe it and like the picture of his face and i i just stared at that picture and i was like Wow, like you could just feel the spirit looking at that picture. It, it will, we will have it on our <laughs> yes, wall. Yes, we will. Um, it's, just, it's just so amazing to see that that on his palms, mm -hmm. that is it. As we avoid idolatry, we choose Jesus Christ. As we choose Jesus Christ, he then makes us an instrument in his hands. Okay, now I'm going to give you a little bit of an example. When I was in working at the Missionary Training Center years ago, Elder Dallin H. Oaks came and he gave an example about being an instrument in the hands of God. And he held up a pen and he said, this pen is an instrument for me. And when I go to use it, I want it to be full of ink. I want it to be ready for me to use. And when I use it, I don't want it to talk back to me. I don't want it to tell me it's tired. I don't want it to say I can't do it. But I want it, it, needs, I want it to write what I want it to write. And if we are to be instruments in the hands of the Lord, then, then he, we're going to get ink in us. Like He's going to help us to become that instrument. He will forge it. He will help us become that instrument in His hands. Now, you'll notice that. It comes through the atonement of Jesus Christ in no other way. But look what Isaiah teaches. Isaiah 49, 2-3. Okay. He, and he hath made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand hath he hid me, and made me a polished shaft. In his quiver hath he hid me. So he has refined us, he refines us, and he prepares us. And through the gospel, our, our mouths will be, be like almost like a sharp sword, like 
that piercing of the heart like that will open up the right ears that need to hear verse 3 says and said unto me thou art my servant O Israel in whom I will be glorified servant instrument stewardship it's it's so it's so interesting if you look at the word magnify to, to magnify something means to set up above yourself to magnify and so as you magnify a calling or a priesthood office you set above yourself um, the gospel Jesus Christ others and you and you magnify that and that helps in becoming an instrument a polished shaft and it's just amazing what happens in that process it's very refining mm -hmm. and I think of like all the instruments in the in an orchestra right the beautiful sounds and the importance of every single instrument in the orchestra and all the ranges of the the notes right and there's so much beauty in the creation of that song and so what happens is if, if people choose not to be in the orchestra you know like when well, there's gonna be no flutes and there'll be no like whatever <laughs> <Bassoons. laughs> but I just the beautiful the, but the beautiful sounds like so the point is that every single one of us matters to the work to the gathering and we have been prepared the Lord has prepared you specifically for the work that he needs you to do but we have to be willing to humble ourselves we have to be willing to push aside these idols that we are putting in, in between us and the Savior and truly stepping into this instrument part. As a side note, Chelsea and I were both in the band together. <laughs> Guess what we played? Guess, I obviously played the flute and Chelsea played the tuba. <laughs> it's backwards, but it was a fun, yeah, fun times in the band. I didn't really play the tuba. I just kind of went into the band. <laughs> For, for percussion guys <laughs> I didn't even know the notes like I just knew that that dot meant this and go boop like that's all I did and oftentimes <laughs> I would find myself like in the while that he's trying to get everyone going I'd make sounds in my tuba I'd be like Mrrr, and it just echo throughout the band room <laughs> when you're like a 17 year old 16 year old <laughs> yep I would nice. um, that's why I understand teens so well okay will you go to chapter 30 verse 31 but they that wait upon the Lord. Chapter 30, verse 31. Chapter 40, JK, LOL. 49. Ha -ha. What are we saying? We're going to chapter 40, 40 31. Okay. verse 31. Okay. Turn quietly. Very quietly. Okay. Quiet. Okay, go. Got it. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and shall walk and not faint. Some of you may have heard that phrase before. You can hear it. Like, look at that phrase. It should be a cross-reference to the Doctrine and Covenants section 89. You, there's other references that you can understand with that. And you go, oh my goodness. As I go towards Jesus Christ and he makes me an instrument, he blesses me that I shall run and not be weary and I shall walk and not faint. Sounds like a covenant to me. There's another word, Hebrew, 30 and 31 down in this, what is this called again? In the footnotes. Footnotes is the word. But they that wait, wait upon the Lord is hope for. Like have that hope in Christ. Um, shall renew their strength. That hope in Christ will renew your strength spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally. That hope in Christ will dispel that darkness. And it will give you that strength and it will mount you up on the wings of eagles. Like what a beautiful visual for me. I'm a visual person. And not be weary and you will walk and not faint. 
Those are powerful blessings having hope in Christ. Here we go. Ch last two, chapter 40, verse 23. Do you want to go and then 49, 13? You 44, 23. Let's go to 44, 23. <laughs> okay. Chelsea wanted these two together very specifically. Okay. Okay. I love the happiness of these scriptures, so that's why I wanted to bring it up. 23. Sing, O ye heavens, for the Lord hath done it. Shout, ye lower parts of the earth, break forth into singing, ye mountains. O forest and every tree therein, for the Lord hath redeemed Jacob, or Israel, and glorified himself in Israel. So it's like this shout of Hosanna and hallelujah again, right? And 49.13 is very similar. Okay. And it says, Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains, for the Lord hath comforted his people, and will have mercy upon his afflicted. Joy in Christ. Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O, o earth, like how that the earth, everything speaks of Christ, shouts Hosanna, knows who created it, and it speaks the praises of the Savior. It's just, a, I just love those scriptures. They can only happen through Jesus Christ, though. Like, think about it. Like, being this instrument, and it only comes in Christ, and you want to feel joy, and you want to feel... You can't feel it from an idol at all. And you go through this process of avoiding, avoiding idolatry, choosing Jesus Christ, and then becoming an instrument, and then you feel that joy, and then it starts all over again in this way. You go, I'm going to choose Jesus again. Like, I'm going to choose it. And peace. Oh. Like, joy and peace. I think those two go together. So that peace cannot be, um, not made up, but pretend. You can't pretend peace, okay? Like, you f know when you feel peace. And that can't, what's the word that like, Satan makes, can make you like, think it's peace, but it's not? Imitate. Like, imitate. That's Thank the you. Word. He's like helping me with my words. <laughs> like, you can't imitate that. So that peace, that deep peace that we know, like, that hope, all of those things that come from the Savior, like it's so, we're so grateful for what the Savior brings to us. And um, just ending, are we, are you? Well, I want to just add one more thing. Remember how we said like an, an idol is anything that like is in between you and Christ. And some people will be like, I don't want to go through that because that's going to be painful. Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father wants you to become the instrument that he wants you to be. He needs you to be. He needs you to be. And he's going to take you through that spot. And you might be like, no, I don't want to. Did it say like through the fire? Didn't it say that? Yeah. And, and he'll, you'll, I don't want to. That's not how I. And then you go, oh, wow. It's beautiful over here. It's amazing. It's quite nice. Um, oh. I ha I've had these moments in my life where I go, but Emily, Father, I, is it, that's where you want me to go? Like you want me, what lack I yet? Do you remember that talk by Larry Lawrence, what lack I yet? And he's like, you pray and you go, Heavenly Father goes, I, I need you to stop doing that a little bit. I need you to think about this. And you go, I, I will. I will. I will go and do. I will go and do. As you're out there, we know so many of you. And so many of you are trying to change your life and making that, that switch. And, you're, and some mistakenly believe that they have to do it all themselves. When I get around that corner, then... I will be what God wants me to be after I have done it. Then he will be proud of me. And that is backwards. That is backwards. You set up your own idolatry of success that you can do it on your own and it will not work. Mm -hmm. we, need, we need the Savior and we need his help. 
So if you're struggling, um, if, you're, if there's things going on in your life that are really, really hard and challenging you, just know that Heavenly Father and our Savior love you and um, you really matter and we love you and the challenges that you're going through are going to get you to grow and as painful as they might be, as hard as they might be, you're going to look back and realize that with every yes to the Savior and to your Heavenly Father, you are growing into a greater and stronger instrument. And as you share your testimony, um, you will be able to be heard and the Spirit will be able to be felt as you share your testimony because you will know it will be radiating from inside out. Like you just, you're speaking it from a really authentic place. And we need to go to those places and be able to be, um, just be more brave and sharing, right? Sharing the things that we've learned. So as you have listened to this video today, we'd love it if you'd share something that you've learned about um, the Savior and how he's helped you. And as you've said yes to becoming an instrument for him, I just look back, I was thinking just how far I've come in the past couple of years teaching online. Some of you have been here for quite a long time. Right. And I didn't realize that uh, the Heavenly Father, when he asked me to do this, was preparing me for a really hard year. Um, being able to immerse in the scriptures has entirely blessed my life and helped me to heal. The Savior's atonement, being able to feel his love and the Spirit constantly has helped re me give, um, give me relief from all the grief that's been in my heart, from all these deaths that's happened. And I'm so grateful and it's such a gift, but I didn't know that at the time. You never know, right? And so as you say yes and you expand and you turn into that instrument more and more, you'll be blessed and then really come to understand more of a eternal perspective on how much Heavenly Father loves you and um, what he needs you to do in your part of the gathering. We love you. Mm -hmm. Continue reading your scriptures, get into them, dive. Um, really connect up this week. The word of the week is remember. Remember, remember me. Remember. Rem remember. Put it down. Put it down in the comment section. Remember Christ. Remember. Okay. Put that down in the comment section. Tell us where you're from. Tell us your insights from today's lesson, and just share with us. We love that part. Okay, Thank you guys? so much. All right, Bye, guys. Love you. Bye. <laughs>